Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Oh, welcome to Wildcast Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats, presented by Alpha's Appliance Solutions. Right now, they got the Kitchen Suite Savings Event by any two. Maytag or Kitchen Appliances save 15% by any three, no, $200 by any three save $300. As always, I am your host, Adam. And I am joined by your favorite co-hoster, and when I read my notes, uh, confirmed Swifty, Mr. Jeremy Boucher, um, the Grammys last night, the new album's dropping, That's I right. guess just couldn't have been a better Sunday for you, eh? Look, man, it's, uh, it's, it's a good time. It's a very, very good time. Uh, I was not, expect, uh, not expecting a Taylor Swift album yeah. surprise announcement at the Grammys, um, so I, I couldn't I couldn't be more ecstatic. April nineteenth, you know, it's uh, gonna, it's going to come quick. And if uh, if I were to tease what I plan on doing for uh, that that following episode, yeah. well, I'm going to try to obviously listen to the album, get some lyrics into the into the show, and see if people pick up on it. Which you've been successful in doing before. I have, and nobody's nobody's no. realized a damn thing. No, it's... so we're uh, no, we're looking forward to it. First time, uh, first time, and first four time winner of uh, was album, it? Of the year. album of the year. It's so like I was watching some of the stuff on social media, and she just like pretends to be so shocked. It's like, come on, you know you're gonna win everything. Enough of like, if she won rap album of the year, yeah, you can be surprised. You won rap album of the year, but I would listen to a Taylor Swift rap would. album. <laughs> I know you would. Uh, it's like, is there anything she literally can't do? Like, I get the whole humble thing, but it was funny how her her boyfriend doesn't support her at the Grammys. Pretty selfish. He wasn't Pretty allowed to go. One way relationship. Oh well, if it wasn't was allowed to go, if it was true love, he'd have been there. Oh well, it's quick not true flight love. from L.A. to Las Vegas. It's a three-hour drive, Kelsey. Three hours, um, as obviously they arrived. Sunday afternoon or whatever uh, for the Super Bowl. Um, I finally got to see the end of Hell's Kitchen. Mm. Do I wish you would have just spoiled it for me by the end of Hell's Kitchen. Um, Ryan was the winner. You did pick it. Um, not that I'm upset that Ryan won it. I mean, either guy could have won it. But after you saying one door did open, mm-hmm. I was a little sad that both didn't. I or agree. that Chef Ramsey didn't when he brought them together. Or Ryan was like, I want you to be my executive yeah. chef or Chef Ramsey to be like, it was so close, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be working at this restaurant. but As a dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You came so close. Now you got to go all the way back to the yeah. bottom and start again. But it could have gone either way, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was one of those seasons. Uh, like I said last week, it was super unpredictable. Uh, you couldn't have picked a winner. Yeah, it, it was just way too close. I don't, I, I don't know how... Chef Ramsey picked a winner. Must have been going by height. Pretty much. Yep. Coin flip. There's no other uh there's no other way to do it, so that's that's done now. I think we get a bit of a house kitchen break. And then it goes to Master Chef, correct? Yeah, I actually started watching the next level one. Yeah. It's yeah, it's pretty, eh? it pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. I actually recognize a bunch of them from uh from TikTok. The uh, oh, really? social media chefs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I uh the big guy, um the redhead. Right here, I forget what his name is, but uh, the big guy that was a WWE superstar, uh, Meta. Yeah, uh, not went... him. But the first episode <laughs> when it was the social media stars. Yeah, 
Um, there was a big guy. Oh, like a tall, bigger guy? Big, big tall, big yeah, guy with yeah. like red hair. Yeah. I, I follow him on TikTok, so <laughs> I recognized him. I was like, holy crap, you're on Next Level Chef. Cool. What was funny is the big, the big jacked up dude. It's like, I was a WWE superstar, blah, blah, blah. And I went, <laughs> you were on up. Tough Enough. You were on Tough Enough, and you made it to like the top seven. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's not a WWE superstar. You were on another reality TV show. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's a pretty cool show, and, um, it's funny. I, I said to Lily, I was like, is it really the bottom? Like, are you really using terrible tools? Or are they good tools made to look like terrible yeah. tools? And, and they're actually pretty good. And then they bring out the Bunsen burner. I'm like, oh, no, okay. Maybe, <laughs> you're, maybe you are working with uh, with some crap. So um, we got some time in between those shows. So I mm-hmm. thought we'll do a little bit something different um, because we kind of teased if the Wildcats didn't win, we were going to take a break. And I said to you, well, we'll do a social show where we just talk about random stuff. And then the team won. So, um but I saw this on TikTok, and I've seen a lot of the pick five movies and right. pick yep. five uh, rom-coms and everyone I've seen, not many have picked The Notebook. Greatest love story ever. Um, so I saw this thing on on, uh, on TikTok, and it said, keep five, trade five, and pretty easy to figure out which five you'd take and whatever. So mm-hmm. I made it a little bit different. I'm going to list the movies, and then you're going to pick three of these ten, and the rest disappear from history. So you don't get to watch them. Um, oh, anymore. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you got Easy A. Okay. Scott Pilgrim Saves the World. Okay. Ted. Hangover 2. Grown Ups. The End. Horrible Bosses. Bridesmaid. 21 Jump Street. The Other Guys. Now, these are all 2004 movies, so they're kind of from 20 years ago. So, in case you forget, I've got them there for you. So I can take three. You take three, and the rest disappear from. And I never get to watch the others. Okay. Yeah. So, Ted, obviously. One. Yeah, that's my one. Um, Hangover two, out. Yeah, uh, other guys. I'm a big other guys fan. Yeah, and you know what? Bridesmaids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm gonna go ahead. Ted, uh, bridesmaid, and horrible bosses. Horrible bosses is horrible good. Horrible bosses yeah. was so good. Like, yeah, that Charlie dude. Like he yeah. just. <laughs> and Jennifer Aniston too stepped out of that. Yeah, no, bridesmaids <laughs> was if. I mean, for, for from a guy's standpoint, Bridesmaids is hilarious. Yeah, that was one of those movies where the the wife or the girlfriend took you to that movie, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Really?" But you laugh your arse but off. But you laughed. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you laughed it off. And Twenty One Jump Street was all right, but I could I could do without it with it. Mm-hmm. Grown Ups, not one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies, and it missed Chris Farley. Like, yeah. That whole yeah that group, um, Kevin James mm-hmm. is only what he is because Chris Farley is no longer did you know he was in Shrek he was supposed to be in Shrek who Chris Farley no like he filmed 90% of it oh wow voice over and didn't change his voice used his actual voice um, David Spade mm. talked about it and then obviously tragically he passed away so yeah. they had to recast it but he did about 90% of it with his actual voice like jeez he was supposed to be the original uh, the original Shrek so I did um, not know that I've never seen Scott Pilgrim. So Neither have I. Easy that, A, same yeah. with me. I've seen Easy A. It's pretty funny. The end. The end, I've... Was all, you've never seen it? I don't think so. No, it was all right. Um, it's got the Backstreet Boys in at the end, so you know. Hashtag spoiler alert. Oh, okay, nice. It's been 20 years. You could probably find these movies on a lot of streaming sites, but you probably have to pay for them because when movies get to be 20 years old, you got to pay eight yeah. ninety nine for them. Yeah. So, uh, so stupid. So don't forget, as always, um, maybe we'll do some more of those. Those are kind of fun to see. Maybe tougher ones, like... Pick Adam Sandler movies. You got to pick five, and the rest disappear. 
Will Ferrell will be tough for me. Will Ferrell will be will tough. Ferrell yeah, guy. maybe yeah. we'll do that next week. We'll do Will Ferrell movies. Yeah. Um, don't forget, as always, you can like us on all our social medias: Twitter, Monkey Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast, TikTok, which we've kind of got going a little bit more. Wildcast podcast, and of course, don't forget to like, subscribe, click that little bell on YouTube so you are notified when our podcast post games go down and shorts that are very popular. Hmm. Yeah. Not like shorts like you wear. I, I have shorts that are very popular. <laughs> My wife says so. I bet you do, and I bet she does. Um, this quick question thing uh, is kind of taken off. We got another one from a, a fan of the show, not so much a fan of the Wildcats. It is Mr. Johnny Rocket. Here is his question. Yes, sir, boys. It's Johnny Rocket. Quick question. With the all-in starting at next draft in Moncton, mm-hmm. which current rookie or prospect in the pipeline you guys don't want to see being dealt for a big ticket player. Well, who said we're going all in next year? Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's fake news. Fake news. Nice try. Propaganda up yeah. in Bathurst. Nice try, Rocket. Um, I think the easy answer for everyone is Sean Carrier. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Considering, you know, you, you paid so much. To move up to get him, the last thing you'd want to do is just go and flip him. You know, a year later, uh, I think you and I can both sit here and say we think he's being underutilized. If, is that a word? Underutilized. He's on the Mercier development track, and that's not that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. But there's room for him in in the top six, and we'll get to this in a little while. But. Um, I'm gonna see if underutilized word. <laughs> it is. Yeah, is you're it right. Underutilized um, again. Like Mercier's was fine last year. We mm-hmm. knew he had the talent. He's up on that top line. He's making things happen. Um, and and Carrier needs that chance. So um, I think Carrier okay. is the easy answer for that one. Now I got to go back to look at the draft because That's I right. actually I actually forget the draft. Yeah. Uh, despite being there in person, I just remember we took like, a bunch of Maritimers and some small Quebec players. So I I actually have to go back and 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 look at it. Um, but yeah, obviously Carrier's the is is the obvious one. Um, you know. Keegan Warren's considered a rookie. Julius Sump is con- considered a rookie. Yeah. Uh, it's I gotta look at their preseason. Friggin' Johnny making me yeah. go back to the draft now. <laughs> it's a good thing he sent us to this on like last week where we yeah. could have prepared, but we didn't know if we were gonna have a show until six nothing. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, uh, Moncton Wildcats. Who the heck do we draft? Uh, Denway. Denway. Slender. Slender. And Lindsay. Um, I just, Roy, I think honestly, I'll go again. Honestly, it's it's Carrier. Like, yeah. you look at um, Eli Byerjohn, and we were very high on him, getting mm-hmm. him in the fifth round, and um, he was kind of going to be the the next crop of rookies that we were going to have, and then all of a sudden he gets dealt for Charles Butan, and you you trade him on, um. Oh, I totally had the word in my head. You trade him on the prospect of what he could be. You don't know what he could be. Um, his value's never been higher because he hasn't played. And Charles Boutin was absolutely wonderful wonderful for us last year. Now, that wasn't an all-in move. Um, so I think for me, it, it, it's just Carrier because 
you're not moving Denway, eh? And those are the two. I think anybody else, if, if they're part of it, you, you don't know what they can be, and they never they may never have an impact for Moncton like an all-in player would. Um, so I think I, I would, as much as it's the easy answer to say carry, I think that is for me. Yeah, a roster player. I think it's pretty like it's it's obvious. You know, it it goes back to don't go and trade them away a year after you you know you paid to move up. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the 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 prospect that I don't want to see moved, I think it's slender. Uh, because you know I'm already looking ahead uh, seven months and I've kind of put together my roster for next season and he's on my roster. So, um, but uh, after those two guys, it's. Uh, I, I think it's pretty wide open. You know, you could uh, you get to look at uh, you know Halifax is losing a couple guys on on D next year, and you know a hometown kid like Ben Lindsay might be a guy that that would that would intrigue them, mm-hmm. right? Um, but at the same time, they're going to be losing some bodies up front, and Eastern Slender could be a local guy that they could be looking at. So um, I think there's a couple options for me. I think Slender is. Uh, just for the name, Shunner. Uh, he's got to stay, and uh, just I have him on my fourth line for on my roster for next season. So that's I've got to go with Carrier and Schlender. Yep. Uh, and if I had to pick another one from the draft, it'd probably be Tristan Langwall, just that big, tall defenseman that mm-hmm. could develop. He's on a pretty good uh, Lac Saint Louis team. Um, six five, one eighty six. I mean, you can teach a lot of things. You can't teach size. Um, so for him to maybe not next year, but maybe the year after kind of be an impact, um, on a young decor at six foot five. I mean, like I said, right shot, right shot. You can't teach, you can't teach size and he's a right shot defenseman. So, um, those would be our, probably our two. And Mr. Johnny rocket, that is an absolutely wonderful question. I will let you know that, uh, the other question that you asked who Bathurst should take, who's kind of nobody, they should take nobody. Yeah. Um, but I already told him that. Mercy Bucktooth, Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. All right, now it's time for our annual question. The Super Bowl ah, uh, yes. is upon us. And like I got some comments in some of our social media. Oh, 100 million people watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, people care. That, that, that's not what I was saying. Like, we, don't know, care about you. we don't care about your opinion. Yeah, I know people are going to watch the Super Bowl. It's not going to be like just the two fan bases are going to watch it, so I get it. But I'm... Uh, more interested in the halftime show. Um, last year we picked Rihanna. We were both way off. Yep. Um, Bitch, but I have my money. <laughs> so this year's Super Bowl halftime show is uh, is Usher. Um, so the first song for Usher for you, sir. Do you have it? Well, you know, I had a few songs. We went back and forth for we a while. Did. Yeah. We did. We had a good argument going on here. For me... You know, for the longest time, I thought maybe, you know, DJ got us falling in love yeah. or loving this club. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously going to close the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the more I thought about it, I think I'm going to go with Without You that features David Guetta. Yeah. Uh, just because there's just the, it talks about games and this and that. And uh, so I got to go with it. Um, I'll go with without you. Without you. Good call. Good call. I was going to go with... Um, oh, now i got to go back to the... I think I was going to go with... Uh, I had a song the whole time. The whole time. I was like, I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go with this one. 
Usher Super Bowl halftime? Uh, I was going to go with, uh, oh, what was it? This is without you. Yeah. yeah. He, it's gonna, it's got that vibe. It's got like. Cover it. Cover it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't win. I can't train. I will never so win this now. game without you. Without you. Although it's not playing through the speaker, so we might be able to go. With it, but, um, yeah, I think I was gonna go with. Uh, I was gonna go with "Love in This Club" up until like an hour ago before we started recording, and now just like you, I'm gonna go with a collab uh, with "Will I Am." I'm gonna go with "Oh my god." Oh. That's, a, that's yeah. actually a good one. That's, I, and I was just scrolling through the this list on Spotify. And I was like, oh, yeah, he had that one. So we I both... did a game. I'm going to let that be. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you're going to go with that one. I'm going to go yep. with, uh, oh, my God. It's uh, We're both probably going to be wrong, but, man, if we're right. And, again, he's going to play eight songs. I don't think Seven he's or eight. Gonna... Six, seven or eight. Yeah. Yep. The, the average is like 8.9 when you Google it. Um, I think he will have some massive – Crowd yes. Energizer, and yep. then he'll bring it down to Confessions and Burn. Mm-hmm. Um, be interesting to see if he has any guests. Rihanna, last year, we kind of thought she might have some. She didn't have any, so. Um, I think you almost have to. I mean, how can you do Yeah without, Lil you know, John. Little John? And it's or, in Vegas. Yeah. It, and didn't they say that they've, the, the airport in Vegas has ran out of parking spots for private jets? Probably. So there's like, I mean, they're expecting over 1,000 private jets. Yeah. Uh, and they've ran out of parking spots, so they're actually having them fly into like a secondary airport in Vegas, and then getting them escorted to the stadium. Well, you can so. get a suite for a cool two million dollars. Oh, that's it. Dollars. That's it. Fuck me. Yeah. yeah. The only time I will ever go to a Super Bowl is, um, well, if I win tickets, because I'm not paying for yeah, that. Uh... And or we talk about football a little bit every show and mm-hmm. call ourselves. Uh, media and we go try to apply for Super Bowl media passes. That might be the only other way. It's the uh what are we this the we'd have to be like the no there's no wildcast uh, there's no wildcats in the uh not in the NFL there is in college but there already is yeah. a wildcast podcast down it's in the Jacksonville Arizona. Jaguars podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's get some news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. All right, well, tonight's game between Ramuski and Cape Breton was postponed because I don't think Cape Breton got out of Cape Breton or got out of Sydney um, nope. on time. So they probably uh, were delayed by a day. So that game moves from Wednesday to Sunday. Um, so, again, just travel safe. Like, get out of, get out of Sydney uh, safe if you can. Um, the big news, the draft... In Moncton. Oh, yeah. Is coming to prime time. I have been asking for this. When it went live on, on the websites, I was like, NFL, charge, day one, jerseys, round one, the rest of it on Saturday. I've been asking for it. Asked the commissioner. He said, stay tuned to the schedule. And like you had said, like the schedule, when it was announced, um, when the actual draft was announced, it was like two days, mm-hmm. which kind of can tip people off. But also, it was two days last year in Sherbrooke because... They do like commissioner's press conference yeah. and other breakfast stuff on one day, and then they do the draft this year. Uh, Eastlink's going to be showing round one Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, RDS is going to be showing it as well. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the draft on Saturday. 
This is exci- I, I'm excited. We're going to be busy, man. but Can man, this is going to be awesome. Not having to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to go on the road. And that's and, the second best part. And, you know, being able to just sleep in and be well rested and, you know, go to the draft and then, you know, go downtown and have a couple of drinks and not feel freaking exhausted, yeah. you know, because we'll be able to sleep in our own beds and everything. And I think that's the most exciting part is just, you know, being able to, to walk over the, of the rink and, not feel, ugh, I want to go to yeah. bed. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, it's... Uh, oh, we got to put a show together, but, you know. Yeah, because I'll be, I'll be downtown. Everyone's going to be downtown after the draft. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you know, Richie probably be awake till 3 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, that's his thing. We know he likes to... He, he can work... Uh, he, he gets he gets to work on a, on a short night's sleep. Yeah, and I feel like he'll be putting the work in. I think yep. Moncton may not have a first-round pick, but we will be... What do you mean? Night one, we will have some some we're, fun. We're stealing the show that night. <laughs> we are stealing it. That is one hundred percent. And Johnny Rocket's coming down. That's right. Jeremy Fraser from uh, Salt Saltwater Saltwater Networks coming down. I almost said Salt Lake. I was like, that's and Drew Bear. Good. He's going to try Drew to get Bear. some media accreditation too. Is he the Talon Blog? All right, going for the first overall pick. Good. Oh yeah, because they got St. John's. They do have St. Yeah. John's from the um, Connor Trenum trade. Yeah. See what happens when you trade players two, three years in advance for mm. that pick. Uh, it seems to work out. But now you said we don't have to be up early, and you watch this. This will be the year the Wildcats will be like, so we're going to get you to help us out, but you got to be there at 7 a.m. and try to do all that. Done. <laughs> put the coffee on. Yep. Put the coffee on. But, yeah, it's it's kind of cool that we don't have to travel. Bailey's on ice. Ooh. Bailey's on ice starting at 7 a.m. Could, uh, could be a long day for you. <laughs> I can do it. I can yeah, it just I'm excited that it's it's round one and mm-hmm. in prime time. I've been hoping, praying for this, and the fact that it's in Moncton is fan freaking fantastic. That's probably the best actual part is we don't have to travel anywhere. Um, QMJHL team of the week: Colby Huggin from Bathurst, three games, five goals, two assists. Milo Rollins, who Ugh. can't really hold on to his stick very well, three games, four goals, six assists. Uh, Vincent Desjardins from Blainville, three games, five goals, one assist. Xavier Villeneuve. From Blainville, three games, no goals, five assists. Olivier Boutin from our Wildcats, three games, two goals, five assists for seven points. And Mathis Fernandez from Shawinigan, two and one, 0 0, 9 5 8 save percentage, a 1.01 goals against average, um, and two shutouts. And the player of the week, Milo Rollins from uh, Bathurst with four goals and six assists. Hopefully, he learns to hold on to his stick. Crafty veteran, crafty veteran move. Mm. Um, all right, let's... Vet uh, move. Huh? Vet move. Yeah, vet move, 100%. And it worked, and it was as fired it up as I've seen our coach in about a year and a half. Was that that play? But uh, speaking of our team, we should probably talk about it. Yes. All right. Weekly Rewind. So they go two and one on the week, bringing the record to 2013 three and three for 62 points on the season. Good enough for third, still in conference, second in the Maritimes, just hanging in. Um, I guess luckily that Cape Breton isn't playing because of the heater they've been on. But hey, we're staying ahead of them. Uh, Tuesday, people will say they won in overtime. They survived in overtime. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yep, <laughs> they got uh, they got those two points because Steinman had 41 saves. Uh, Mueller was good again, two goals and. Caleb got his first overtime goal, first overtime win for this club this season. In mm. in February, or the I, end of January, I, I said it a few weeks ago. Yeah. You don't know how to play in overtime, and they 
by the skin of their teeth. Got her to Bathurst with a win. Uh, it just... It's so crazy how the schedule went. Like, if, Had they played Bathurst earlier when it was actually scheduled, mm-hmm. they'd probably run away with that game because yep. of the way Bathurst was and we were kind of on that heater. You take it three weeks later and we're struggling to beat them in overtime. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. It was, uh, you know, a win is a win, some people will say, but at the same time, it just... It, the effort wasn't there. They were lucky to get a win. Uh, they were lucky to get a point, if you ask. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, yeah. uh, they just they weren't there. Um, it wasn't uh, wasn't your typical road performance that we've seen from this team uh, this season. Uh, it was, you know, lackluster, and it didn't <laughs> stop there. No, it no, continued it, uh, into into Saturday. It sure, it sure actually did, and I think um, you look at the Tuesday game. You gave Bathurst five power plays, yep. so that in itself, I mean, the fact that our PK has been pretty good, mm-hmm. um, the fact that they still had five power plays, they still had an ability to put the puck um, in the net to tie that thing, and I think they had a power play late in overtime too. Uh, yeah, Bhutan took that slashing late. Late in the game, which we kind of survived again, but um, yeah. And then Saturday was just stop spotting three goal leads. I had to get that away from the mic you so I didn't blow it. your ears. But like again, at home, this the first one was on the road, but at home against a lower team in the standings, they're not ready to go on time. And I think that is the most concerning issue with this hockey club. Um, and I said it on the live. I said it to you in the. Their camera guy that does their YouTube stuff on the way down there, like at some point, the dam is going to break. And we came on here last last week and said, if they're not firing them after four or five and nine and ten and five and six last year, they ain't doing it again this year. But man, D zone was a mess. D zone turnovers. Loshing hit four points. I mean, that was as bad as I've seen them play at home. Yeah. Other than eleven one and even that one, you were just like, they're not in this. Yeah, that was it. Was it was dreadful. It was uh, there was nothing, nothing clicking. Uh, I, you can't give up a three goal lead to any team in this league. Uh, and what scares me is this is a potential first round preview. Yeah, you know, and we saw it and we set it up in the booth, Adam. With respect to Bathurst, they are a one line team, yeah. and as you can see on the team of the week. Their two thirds of their one line yep. completely dominated us. They've got one line, and the rest, the other three lines, work their they work their ass off, and they stick to the system when they play it. And it's a struggle. We, for some reason, cannot contain this one line, and it's 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 so concerning if you think about it because, like I said. It's very possible that we face Bathurst in the first round of the playoffs. And if you can't stop Milo Rollins, yeah. Colby Huggin, and Bobby Orr. Who wasn't even playing. Was, who wasn't even playing. Yeah. You're in trouble. Ooh, Harry Clements got a three-game suspension. Harry Clements. Yeah. For- Harry! <laughs> As part of that uh, fracas at the end of the oh, second oh period. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for uh, swinging poor Zelensky around mm-hmm. and just feeding them. Um, but, yeah, like 
Orr wasn't even playing. Yep. And they still, like, what is this team going to look like if Orr's playing? They finally held the team to under 30 shots. It was 28. But the best part about this game, honestly, was the shit at the end of the second period. Mm-hmm. It woke them up. They scored three in a row after that, uh, or two in a row after that, got back into the game, and I said to you, if they can get one, maybe two, if they can get one and have a good power play and kind of get some momentum, this could be an unbelievable hockey game where they come all the way back. Yeah, They did their best. Um, they got within one twice in the third period. And then uh, you have an, the absolute worst goalie pull I have ever seen in my entire life. I was, I yelled. I don't yell from the media booth. <laughs> yeah. But I yelled. I was yeah. like, what the f-? I had turned around. They do, I mean. I had turned around to put my laptop in my bag to get ready to go down. And What the? F-? I was like, what just happened? First of all, they didn't even have possession of the puck. And Keegan Warren's halfway to the bench. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Colt Huggins? Huggins got the puck and he scored. He's got an empty net. You, you know, at least get the puck into the, into the offensive zone before even thinking. Of a goalie pull. And they pulled him way too early. Yeah, it would have been like two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, way too early. Especially being down one. A one goal lead you with. Don't see that. A minute 45? Yep. What are you thinking? It's. it's. That's what, like, that's what cost the game. Yeah. I think they had a very good chance of probably getting the equalizer with the with the extra man on the, uh, on, the on the ice. Mm-hmm. But it was absolutely the worst goalie pull I've I've ever seen in my life. It was, uh, I I, st- I I had a nightmare about it because I'm like I could have easily communicated something better than that. It was god awful. And for those that wonder how the end of the games go for us, here's how this goes. All right, who do we got? We got Sump and Hackett. Okay, cool. And then the end of the game. I'm not interviewing anyone. I'm, no, no I, I'm done. I, I cannot, was I'm not. Like, I was well, we not can, going. We, we I, I held the camera. Yeah, he's like, nope, I'm done. I was like, okay, you're going home. No, nope, I'll hold the damn camera. And Are it had nothing sure? to do with the players. No, it just did the frustration. Was, I was just so PO'd, pissed off. I'll, I'll say it. Fuck it. Oh, Brent's going to call <laughs> you out on the F word. He called me out last week. Yeah, I was, ah, oh, man. It, it would have been one of those character wins. That we've been, we haven't had many of them. No, you know, and to come back from three down, it would have been a character win, a character comeback, um, and it was blown on a terrible coaching, terrible yeah. coaching call. And the, and the reason I was talking about what's his buckets, uh, Milo Rollins can't hold on to his stick is Gabe kind of just knocks his stick, which. You just can't do it in a game like that. But um, I, I, he wasn't a malicious or anything. And 20-year-old just magically can barely hold on to his stick. And like I said, it was the most animated I've seen Lacroix in a while yelling at Rollins to hold on to his stick. And, and it got Gordy Dwyer off the bench, like off the back of the bench to talk to the officials, who, again, was Mo LeBlanc. I think he did three games in a row for, for the Wildcats. But um, we talked about it up when we were up with some of the other media, like they're coached to a structure very well yep. and they play it. What's Monkston structure? Like 
you'll talk about this gentleman. What, stru- li- what structure? Yeah, you'll talk about this gentleman a little bit later. But he was saying they're playing a one-two-two, two, and then a two-one-two. Two. And I said, yeah. well, how do you beat that? Puck support, one pass off mm-hmm. the half wall, and it was there earlier in the year because yeah. I had said we got these puck moving defensemen. Puck gets to the half wall, the centerman comes around, it gets out, it's gone, and those habits of oh shit, can't get the puck out have creeped back in, and it's. Yeah, there's not a lot of structure to what they do, and this show was on a hiatus until they got the win. Uh, I think the players must have had a meeting together at some point. They talked about it. They said, we have to come out and get a W. We cannot not have a show. We got a long bus trip. Um, And they came out, and Zelensky scored 30 seconds in. That could be a record Well, (laughs) this season. For his first goal, and they never looked back. And yeah, the sad part is about that, man. Yeah. I didn't even see the goal because I didn't expect him to score 30 seconds in. <laughs> yeah. I was I was literally yeah. up like doing the laundry, and I heard Marty Kingston. I'm like, what the hell? You're like, oh, we're down one nothing again? <gasps> yeah. But, uh, yeah, just and it was the simplest shot. I actually thought Gabe, I thought Gabe <laughs> tipped it until, I thought somebody tipped it in front of the net until I saw Bhutan bolt to the net to get the puck and then I was like oh somebody got there first and it was it was Zelensky so and and they just didn't look back post game interview guy comes out boom two goals Julius Song yeah some pump getting uh getting two goals and it was it was as good as they've played all year and yeah it's against St. John and they should play like that against St. John but Keegan Warren was the story this weekend he yep. got put into the game against Bathurst um, which was not on Steinman. That was on the five guys in front of him. Nothing to do with... Sometimes you just... You pull a goalie to energize your crew. It did that. Warren was very good. He made a couple 10-bell saves, giving the Wildcats a chance to get back in the hockey game. And then Sunday just absolutely shut the door, got his first home shutout. Um, and again, he's only had one regulation loss. You look at his record, it's 9-4. and four. Two of them were overtime... Shootout and overtime to Charlottetown. Uh... The Sherbrooke was a regulation loss, and then I think the other one was the Bathurst one that he gets because he comes in down 5-1. So mm-hmm. um, games he started, he's only actually had one regulation loss, and there's no goalie controversy, but he's in his, in the situation where they can kind of trade off almost 2-1 to one now instead of er, one in every four, one in every five. And he's he was very good this weekend for us. Yeah, can't complain. I mean, he's uh, not bad for a 14th round not, pick. Not bad for a 14th round pick, and his numbers are really good. I mean, yeah. you know, nine fifteen save percentage. He's got two shutouts, two point five four goals against. You can't ask for more than that from a from a backup goalie. You know, it's it's. I think uh, if there's anything he needs to work on in the off seasons, off seasons, maybe his rebound control. Yeah, uh, seems tends to give up. Uh, you know, some some bouncers. Which with uh, this team's defense, yeah, yeah, not the best. You uh, you might want to you know hang on to some, try to hang on to those shots, and he likes to play the puck, um, you know, without having to get a whistle, and yeah. you know, he's, yeah, yeah, he had that a couple times. He's he's a little aggressive out there, and uh, just uh, hope he works on on that in the off season because if he does, he's going to be a really really solid backup, uh, you know, next season yeah. or. Starter for all we know. There's there's a small potential, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we get uh, we go on the road. We go on the road for four. Now we got our final Quebec trip: Baycomo, Shakutami, Drummondville, and then Valentine's Day. No love lost as they take on uh, 
Cape Breton, but well played. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, we're going to talk to our guests here in a little bit about two of the games against Bay Como, but right now we'll kind of talk about our road trip. Um, this team's good on the road. They've been good yep. all year. Um, how good, actually? I Everybody loves stats. Um, so I went the past five years uh, at home and on the road. At home, they've had one year over 600 win percentage. I bet you can guess what year it was. Um, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so eighteen nineteen when they moved into the building, they were seventeen and twelve. So five seventy four win percentage. Well, nineteen twenty they were twenty eight and four, uh, eight seven five. Twenty one twenty two they were fourteen to fourteen for five hundred, and twenty two twenty three they were five seventy four. So eighteen wow. thirteen and one. Um, I didn't take into account the COVID years because that just doesn't count on the road. Uh, in 1819, they were 21 and nine, so there was a 676 winning percentage. 1920, they were 22 and nine. Um, 2021, they were 14 and 17, so they were not very good on the road. Uh, 456, and last year they were 17 and 16 for 515. This year is shaping up to be just like 2018, 2019. Um, at home, 12 and eight, a 500, 583 win percentage, and on the road, 16 and five, so it was 739. This team barely plays over 500 at the road. It is a building problem. It is a fan problem. I think uh, analytics. Yeah. Start drafting guys who play better on home ice. <laughs> like it's uh, start drafting guys who have who are good hockey players, yeah. but have their better performances at home. Uh, at home. Like and I. It, in a vacuum, and you're like, oh, what can we do this year? When you put the numbers up, it's been five years. And mm. someone let me know that they wanted to do some redecorating inside the building, which was put some Wildcats colors up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we're told no. Yeah. We may have concerts here every now and then. No. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like... That's part of the problem. It just feels like a library. It doesn't mm. feel like a home ice advantage. Once you get inside the building and you pass the little flag things, nothing. Unless you go up the stairs and go to the right to see the wall. That like, And then you get the fans in there and they're quiet. And it's they're averaging 4,700. I got to uh, talk about making noise. I, I have to recognize the uh, group from Crandall University that yes. was there Saturday night. They were students. They were fantastic. Imagine you put university and college students into a hockey game rink, and they make the atmosphere better. Shocking, I, shocking to say the least. I watched North Northeastern and Boston University play uh, with Cam Lund, Dylan mm-hmm. Roquin, yep. um, Moncton Legends. Northeastern comes up, ends up winning the game. So Boston University ties it late. Northeastern wins in overtime. As I'm kind of cleaning up, kind of hearing the end, the announcer goes, if it's not for the student section, keeping this building going, I don't know if Northeastern comes back. Mm-hmm. Man. Section 108, do not, like that's the smallest section in the building. Ugh. Don't sell that to season ticket holders or fans. That's your student section for the year. Any any students, groups that get it, you give them noisemakers, you give them flags. That should be in your playoffs playoff seats this year. That should be something because those guys were unreal. They yeah. were loud the whole game. I mean, they were singing along. If they, they friggin' were cheering on the Zambonis, yeah, you know the Zamboni would go by and oh hey, 
Like, for all the good they've done on the social medias and, and stuff like that, there still is a ticket issue. They had 6,100 on Sunday. They're averaging 4,400. Do you know what that playoff attendance is going to be? 2,500. 2,500. And... Because you're going to lose your corporate. Yep. You're going to lose your corporate. You're going to lose people that get those free tickets. You're going to lose people that don't want to pay for a 16-game package. Yep. Um, and it's just... It's going it, to... It sucks. And that's part of... like. Look at the data. The team doesn't win at home because there's no home ice advantage. Mm-hmm. You tweeted it for us. Home di- home ice disadvantage. Yep. Like, you got to try something, whether it's a student section in 108 so it's nice and loud and you give those guys noisemakers, whether you tell your ushers just to cool it a little bit, let people make some noise, start your 2024-2025 season ticket sales now. Where if you're a first-time ticket holder, you get the rest of the games free. You get your first round free if you if you put the deposit to next year. Yeah. Like, don't sell the whole 16 game. And I'm not going to turn this into a thing, but I'm just throwing some ideas out there. Mm-hmm. Um, let people trade their tickets in. I've seen yep. that on the boards yep. for the first round only. Yeah. When you buy season tickets, game home games A and B or one and two are included. Mm-hmm. Not it. An extra $30 on your ticket package. Same number, tickets included. All your corporate guys, they're going to at least the first two home games. Mm -hmm. And if the team wins and is really good, maybe those people end up buying a couple single tickets. Yeah. But it's just stop trying to get people to put their money in the bank of the Wildcats. We're just a couple guys. Yeah. Slug around. We got ideas. We got ideas. Reach out to us at any time. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I don't want to turn this into what they haven't done off the ice because they've done a really good job this year of showcasing the team and there was 6,100 on a Sunday. So yes, there was a big crowd. They're third because the average is, I mean, obviously they've had over 100,000 people, but the rink does help out with that. And they've had 4,400. And the worst part about it is it's probably going to creep up into the 46, 4,700 range when they start kind of giving things in March. Mm-hmm. And then it'll just drop right off. And I think that's the worst part because that's when you need the fans the most. So try some things to get fans in for the playoffs. Playoffs. All right. Are you ready to talk to a guest that uh, we had on last year and uh, took us? I think we had him on at the draft too, around draft time. But are you ready to talk to our guest? Bring him on in. Bring him on in. All right. Let's do it. View from the other bench. All right, well, after an all-time seven-game series in round one last year with five overtime games, uh, it's almost criminal that these two player, these two teams are not playing till February. Um, so we figured since we're going to have two games in this month against Bay Como, why not get good friend of the show and host of the Dracast, Louis William Gagne, to chat about this, I guess, new rivalry that we kind of touched on last year. Louis, how's your night going? Oh, it's going great. How about yours? Uh, it's a little cold. It's a little snowy. And uh, our team is not quite hitting their stride. So we'll talk about your team for a bit. Um, we kind of touched on this last year about how these two teams were going to kind of mirror each other and in what was going to be a fight down the playoffs as we get into the years past. And I mean, your team has just been something else. Just talk about the, uh, the team this year. 
Mm -hmm. uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I think one of you guys said maybe last year when they met in the playoffs, uh, Moncton and Bakerville, one of you said maybe this is a prequel to the QMJHL finals in two years. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about you guys, but it, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 coming close to that from from my side, from my point of view. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's it's been terrific uh, for, for for now on uh, this season with with Bakemo. But I have to be honest with you, uh, we've seen all, all around uh, around Christmas maybe that it was tied for the best first 34 games by a team in QMJHL history, tied with the 2012-13 Halifax Moosets. Mm. Uh, but since Christmas, it's been, I will say, okay at best. Uh, for now, uh, since Christmas, so we, we're speaking of uh, 16 games, record of 11-5-0, which, which is still playing for uh, 687. But it's below the standards of what we've seen in the first half of the season, especially in the way that they played those 16 games. They, they, they won 11 of those, but it, it was not as much as convincing as what it was in the first half of the season. We'd gladly take an 11 and 6 record after the, after, oh, yeah. after the trade, yeah. uh, after the trade deadline. So I get you, you talked about the Christmas trade period. Um, I know I was for one shocked that Olivier Charlot was shipped out for Gravel. Um, I know there were probably a lot of people, Jeremy himself was, we were kind of in the press box when that come down and we were both shocked that that was the trade, I guess. Was it as shocking to Bay Como fans and, you know, yourself? Like, I mean, Charlo got you quite the record that you talked about in the first half there. Just were you as shocked and what was the feeling on the fans of, uh, Shipping out Charlo with what you gave up and, and getting Gravel for, for the second half and and more. Uh, it was okay. It was not shocking for um, the for people who have been following the team for a while, and it was not shocking for. And I don't want to sound bad with that, but it, it didn't sound shocking for people who knew hockey or people who know hockey, but. What I mean is the, the everyday fan, it might sound crazy of trading Olivier Ciarlo. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd say that from the beginning of the, of the season, even training camp, um, I personally, and I know that a lot of other people thought that too, that the weakest link of the team was goaltending. Probably. Um We knew that we knew it was goaltending, but not at the point of thinking that Ciarlo was a bad goaltender, but maybe just not the strongest part of the team. Mm -hmm. uh, and we saw that uh, as as long as the season was was going, we remembered how Ciarlo was good in the playoffs, and and playoff Ciarlo of, of last year was the best version of him that we've seen ever uh, and unfortunately, oh, <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i know i know you guys know that very well yeah. um and um he was not at that same level for this season he was not bad he was 
okay, good enough, but not at that same level. Uh, so we thought that uh, maybe we're going to get something else to help him or to push him or, you know, give him something to uh, pick him to be, mm. to be better. But uh, they decided to move him for another 19-year-old guy, move on with somebody else, uh, which was the maybe surprising part of that trade. But uh, the way Seattle was playing, it, uh, it didn't throw me off guard. I was maybe not expecting it, but this wasn't a huge surprise either. And uh, since Gravel has been in Vicamo, uh, I'd say his performances are similar to what Ciarlo was giving. So not extraordinary, not bad either. I, I, I thought, I, uh, sorry, I talked about the, their record since Christmas. I don't think they lost any of those five games because of Gravel. None of them. Uh, and especially in two of those, the team played really bad and Gravel was maybe the only guy who showed up. So he's not responsible for losses as much as I as, as much as I'm concerned, yeah. but he's been not extraordinary uh, on the other end. So he do, he's doing his fair share of the job, but not more or not less. I guess uh, around here, more specifically, maybe up in Bathurst, uh, some fans might want to know uh, how uh, how was Donovan Arsenault doing as a uh, a member of the Baykoma Jakar? Well, he's he's doing an honest work. He had a an absolutely fantastic trip in uh, in Rouen and Valdor, where uh, he recorded two consecutive hat tricks in uh, in Valdor. But he was also very good against the Huskies. Um, I guess the the did not get him to produce goals or points as as much as that, but they wanted to get bigger. They wanted to get older on offense, and basically this is what they got from him. And I like what he's been giving, uh, but I knew at the beginning when you look at his, when I look at his stats for the first time, uh, I think at that moment he had maybe. 20 or 21 goals and about he was about point per game but when i looked at his game log he had like three hat tricks but 20 goals so and, and he's still following that same consistency in terms of, of goal scoring so he doesn't score so often but when he does he'll get two or three goals and right now this is exactly what he's been given and it's okay. I mean, they don't need him to score every night. They just need a big guy who will go to the net, who will score once in a while, who will help, who will help the other guys, uh, his line mates, whoever he's playing with. And it's exactly what he's been giving. So um, the Boyard twins, um, I mean, obviously you guys drafted one, acquired one, gave up. Pretty much almost as much as you gave up in the in the Charlotte deal. Like gave up quite a bit to kind of get them together. Just what has that experience been like for the both of them and for fans to see those guys? Is it kind of like the Sundin effect where they see each other on the ice without seeing each other on the ice? Like what has that done for this uh, for this crew? Just adding 
um, to the top six when you already had a Justin Gill. You had Justin Poirier. You had Milovsky last year. Just talk about that, uh, those two, and what the impact they've had in Bay Como. Which players? I'm sorry, I understood Gail and who else? Oh, the Boyard twins. Like, has it been like a, oh, okay. a twin effect that yes. you added them already to a already pretty decent roster? Is it kind of like the mm-hmm. Sundines where they see each other without seeing each other? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, okay, I'll start out with the brothers and end up with, with, with Gail. Yeah. Um, those were, were mysteries um, early on because, in fact, nobody knew them. Nobody ever saw him play. I know, uh, you know, uh, U18 is is a level, but it's not comparable to major junior hockey. And we we knew that um, Raúl was good in U18 level two years ago, but we, you know, one year is a long period of time for those young guys. So. Uh, maybe he was good two years ago in U18, but how is he going to do in major junior level? And same for his brother. Um, we knew that the, the key element of that was getting Raul. But what is Jules? Is he just a throw-in or is he a reliable player? What role can he have? We know that Raul has the potential of being a future great player in the league, but what is Jules? And from now on, they've been very, very, very good, especially Raul for a 17-year-old, a 17-year-old center playing uh, huge minutes, uh, winning a lot of face-offs for his age and for the the opposition he has. Uh, The first game they played, the first weekend, Raul was the only natural center in the lineup. So he needed to play top minutes. He needed to play the big face-offs in, in, uh, late in the game. He needed to play penalty kill. And he was very good. In fact, for the, the first weekend of the season, they were not on the ice, uh, either Raul or Jules. They were never on the ice for a goal against, no matter the situation. So I was very, very surprised. Uh, also, they scored a bunch of goals and stuff like that, but they were playing very, very good on on the defensive side on the of the ice, and uh, they brought a lot to this team, a lot of depth. Uh, having them, I, I'd say, I'd say they're a little streaky. Uh, Jules is a little more streaky than than Raúl, but still, I mean, the um, their adaptation to the league was natural. Um, and about Justin Gill, I was not, I don't want to say I was not a fan of him earlier this season. I, I, I just wasn't so happy about the way he played all around. He was getting points, but uh, I was not that satisfied. But since since Christmas, at least, I think he's the team's best player. He's been dominant in some key games, especially versus the Huskies when they played three games in a row against them, he was absolutely dominant. And uh, they lost a key game last week, uh, last Thursday to the to uh, Drummondville. And uh, I had the opportunity to talk to Gail in the, the following games in Quebec. And he said that um, the team, the players, they began to understand that the other teams now, like the Huskies or Drummondville or any other one, 
the other teams were starting to play at the same level as the Drakkar, as what the Drakkar did since the beginning of the season. Mm. So they lost some games recently. And Gill said, and the, the loss in Drummondville was a bad one. And Justin Gill said, we're starting to realize what's going on, that we're not alone anymore. There are some other teams who got better and they're playing good and we have to step up. And I'm very anxious to see that. And uh, I guess, um, obviously, uh, you guys experienced a bit of a loss there uh, with with, uh, Emil Schwinard being diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, I guess just explain, like, obviously it's a loss, but how much of an impact would would that be with uh, on the Jakar? Oh, enormous. Uh, in terms of, I mean, physically, how big that guy is, uh, like six foot five, 215 pound defenseman, uh, hits everything that moves, wearing not the same colors as him. Uh, some say, uh, JF Gregor says that Schwinar is the toughest demon in the league. Uh, he's a key piece in this, in this lineup. And also, this is another thing that, uh, Justin Gill talked about in Quebec City. Um, Schwinar has been there since four years. Mm-hmm. He he built what this team is. Him, uh, Isaac Dufour, and Felix Gagnon mm-hmm. are the, the three guys who would fit this de- this definition. Uh, they grew up in this organization. They lived the tougher times, and and Gill said. What makes him sad is that maybe he he won't be there at the in, in the end. If they get to win the the trophy, maybe he's not going to be there, and that's the saddest part. That's the saddest part about about it. Um, you know, there, there is an expression when we say you you plant you sow seeds of a tree that you're not going to see. Uh, because it will grow for 20, 30 years. That's almost that for Emil Schwinard. He lived the tougher times, and then maybe he's not going to get the gift at the end. Uh, and he has a huge, huge importance in this locker room. Uh, sometimes we say that it's not the C on the jersey that makes mm-hmm. you a captain. Schwinar fits this definition a lot they he could be captain as much as Isaac Dufour is so he's very very important both on and off the ice for for the Drakkar it's a terrible loss also it, it's sad for him uh don't get me wrong but it's sad also for for his teammates of course mm-hmm. uh I guess just after this season like what direction do you see the uh, Baycomo going because if you look at the roster you know they've got some pieces that could uh, very well come back next year and, and you know, you guys could be uh, competitive once again, but at the same time you could possibly, you know, flip those uh, those guys and kind of start start a retool. What what direction would you uh, like to see the team go starting next season? It's the question <laughs> that everyone in Bakamo has been asking themselves for months. In fact, last summer, when when we me and friends for example we were looking at the lineup and saying okay so how's it going to be next year how's it going to be in two years and three years and we we used to say okay we'll see for the uh, fall of 2023 but we were saying like okay i we think we're going to be there in the 
the, 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 the standings, but we're, we were not expecting a so good position. And we were asking themselves, okay, what, what are we doing if we're first, for example? Okay, we don't have the choice. I mean, you're first. You have to go for it at some point, which is what they've done. But now, what's going to happen? I always thought, and this is my very humble and personal opinion, I think that they're going to take a step back next year and maybe in two years. But I also can imagine that they will still try to go for it next year. But there is one thing that could make the difference in going going for it uh, next year or in two years. It's the imports. Mm -hmm. uh, because they have two 19-year-old imports right now. And imports are a gamble. You, I mean, you, you never know what can happen. You can go for... I don't know, two young 17-year-old guys and none of them works. Uh, you can go for older and none of them works or you can go with uh, anything can happen. And I think this will have a huge importance in what will happen next year and ultimately what will happen in two years, the import. Because we all know that the imports have a huge importance of a team's success as much as 20-year-old players. And they will have three good 20-year-olds uh, next year. No question about it. My question now is the imports. What are they going to... Wh what will be their strategy from the, the following draft? And will those two players work with the team? And that we don't know. And nobody ever can know that. But still, you're right. They have... They still have uh, elements to maybe go for it in two years. They have a lot of good 17-year-old player, especially three. Um, voilà, Raoul, the younger one, uh, Justin Poirier, and Alexis Bernier. Mm -hmm. Those are the three key guys. Uh, Lucas Beckman, the goaltender, 16-year-old, which is doing a, a good job for a 16-year-old. Uh, so definitely the future goaltender of this organization. So... We'll see, uh, but I think if if a lot of guys are coming back next season, those guys will want to continue. They mm -hmm. will want to be a contending team next season. So I think it will also have a huge part of uh, of next season's strategy. You don't want to. Let's say you have a 20 year old Felix Gagnon who's coming back. Are you willing to tell him, okay, we're going to take a step back yeah. for next season? He will say, mm, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So, so those are those are the two elements I, I see: the imports next season, and how many veterans will will be there in the lineup next season. So, being a Moncton show, we might as well talk about Moncton playing Bay Como, and and obviously after that seven game series, and back in 2019 there was a seven game series, and um, is there, it, it, does it feel like it's a rivalry up in Bay Como? Um, I know we're, we, we've been a while since we played, it's not like we went up there in October where everything was fresh, but I, I guess just the first of the two questions, does it feel to the fans like Moncton is kind of that team that has ended your season a couple of years and there's that built in rivalry with someone that isn't in your division? Uh, I don't feel it so much, but I think, um, the answer for that is 
time between the the first games between them and the when the series happened if Moncton and Bakemo played in October for example I think definitely there would have been something right but now I think you know a lot of things happened since then and I don't think people forgot but it's not as fresh in their memory as it would have been uh, this fall for example mm. so they're still talking about it and we talked about the wildcats and i don't want to uh, not not be rude that's not what i mean but uh in 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 fall we were looking at the wildcats and yeah. we were saying oh these two games are going to be good but as the wildcats are now in a you know, a step back a little bit, maybe this season they're having tougher times. Mm -hmm. We're looking at some other teams now, uh, like Drummondville, like Rouen, that we played recently three times in a row. So maybe we kind of forgot a little bit about them. Depending on what will happen in in those two games, maybe it's going to (laughs) change. But I, I, I'd say we used to talk about it, but in the last weeks or last months, not so much, but I know I'm sure that the players who were there last year, those guys did, didn't forget. And they certainly knew already when these two games were this season. I'm sure about that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine. You don't need to say, you don't mean to be rude because for the past couple of weeks, we understand the free fall we've been in and we understand that they, they were kind of the fifth team that, could be good, but there was there was a four, and Baycomo and Moncton were on the outside of that looking in, and Baycomo's got off to an unreal start. So um, the final one for me, because I don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, Baycomo hasn't been out of the first round since 2015. Uh, you went to the final yeah. in 2014. You got to the second round in 2015. It's been a, it's been a while. Um, fortunately, schedule-wise, I know you guys don't have a lot of, division games that aren't really going to matter is you're kind of way ahead of your division. You've got a Victoriaville, you've got a Drummondville. Um, you got a couple against Shakunami uh, on the bigger ice kind of thing. There aren't quote unquote cupcake games. What is the pressure on this group from the fan base to get out of at least that first round and make an impact as the games get closer to the end of the season? Oh, and I think, I think people had a lot of pressure to, 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 to this situation people are scared there is it's always that thing that's funny with with major junior hockey Mm -hmm. players are always different they don't know what happened when they were six years old they they don't know that but coach coaches are different managers are different players are different but fans are not different and fans they don't ever forget and Right now, um, there are some people in Bakamo who are very, very um, comfortable, or maybe the the they don't have any trust issues because they know that they're sure that maybe we'll have a semifinal at least, or I don't know something. They know anything can happen, but right. they trust the process. But there are some people that are scared. <laughs> because they know that this franchise is cursed for many, many reasons that we could, that we could talk about uh, another day, but, and, and they're scared and 
every, every time something happens, they get on it and they say, oh, it's like in 2019 or it's like, they make some parallels with, with situations that happened 20 years ago. I, I've seen things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen people saying, oh, remember what happened in, in 2003? We went, uh, we, we got a goaltender at the trade deadline and it didn't work out. And, you know, it's 20 years ago. It, <laughs> there is no possible relation between these two cocks. Yeah. Anyways, and but people still put some pressure on that and i understand because they've been waiting we've been waiting for a long time but we have to trust to trust the process and trust the guys we have on uh, on this team and i believe that good things will happen well i hope for you guys good things do happen unless we uh unless we have another one of these shows in uh in april then obviously uh, we, we pulled our socks up and we did some good things and then we will we will have a different discussion. But um, Mr. Gagne, first of all, thanks for joining us and giving us your time. Where can fans find you? Oh, it's always a pleasure. Anytime, anytime. Thank you so much. Where can fans find you if they want to, uh, as these two games go on, where, where do people find where you're writing? Oh, um, Facebook and, uh, and Twitter as well. Uh, either my personal account or uh, DraftCast. Perfect, man. Hopefully we'll have another chat in April. And are you coming down for the draft? Uh, no, unfortunately, I will enjoy my uh, my summer vacations. Uh, <laughs> be, being a teacher, this is uh, always a always tougher time as it's at the very, very end of right. the of the, the of the year, finally, of the scholar year. Uh, I know I will enjoy my my uh, my summer uh, a little far from hockey. This is always a, a break. I appreciate a lot. Perfect. All right. Well, you have a good night, uh, Louis, and uh, we'll see you in a couple. Hopefully, we'll see you in sometime in April. You too. See you later. It's always good to have uh, Louis William join us. Um, he was great. I think we had him, we just had him on for the playoffs, right? We I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we had him in the playoffs, and then we had him around the draft. We also had Dave Reed, I believe his name is, uh, talking about their draft prospects and stuff like that. So it's good to get those Quebec teams and those Quebec markets. And obviously, we're not going to talk about other Quebec teams with them, mm-hmm. but. He's not wrong. If, if if you put that series or these two games, one of them in October, maybe early November, there's a bit of history here. If the Wildcats played better in the past month, <laughs> there could yeah. be something too. But he's not wrong. They're not looking at Moncton. They're looking at Drummondville. They're looking at Victoriaville. Mm-hmm. They're looking at Halifax. It's still going to be a good a good game, a good two-game set, but Moncton has to come to play in that two-game set. No, for sure. And uh, for some reason, I, I had thought Baycoma was here – earlier in the season but then you said it during the interview but that they're playing two times in a month and i looked at the schedule it's like february 29th we have a leap a leap year game loshing's birthday loshing's birthday it's four years old you know when the last time was the wildcats played on a leap year loshing's birthday <laughs> the day he was born <laughs> february 29th 2004 against lewis and maniacs really yeah wow this last was last time the Wildcats played on a leap day, leap year day, February 29th. Because February is the best year to have a birthday in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I would be so scared. Like if this was a Baycomo podcast, we probably would be scared of that first round. Haven't been out of it since 2015 and you've pushed all probably the chips in. Charlottetown. 
likely playing Charlottetown. Like that's for a matchup for Baycomo in the Eastern Conference. That's probably as tough as you can get. Yeah, I mean, because it's Holton hockey. Yep, and Holton playoff hockey. Is. Yeah, they will wear you down, and um, yeah. So it'll, that's gonna once once we get to predictions, it's you know I think I think we know which way we're gonna lean, but I think it might be. Uh, Look, if there's a team that can go into Baycomo and get one. Especially yeah. in a two-three-two series. Yeah. Oh, it's Charlottetown for it's sure. Charlottetown. Yeah. And then you're looking at uh, you know three in Charlottetown. So, look, I don't want to get into predictions yet. No, That's no, about a lots of hockey left. Month and a half away here, yeah. but uh, if that that could be a very intriguing uh, first round matchup. And it might not even be Charlottetown. Charlottetown right now is five six points behind Shikunami for seventh, but Quebec is four points behind them. So mm-hmm. it might not be them, but. As of now, that's the playoff matchup. Yep. And, and if you're a Baycomo fan, that's probably who you don't want to see. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. For that. So are you ready for everyone's favorite part of the show? Yes, please. All right. It's getting late. All right. Eric Murray, realtor, buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. All right. So we're keeping it in the queue. Um, I'm actually going to give this stick tap to the Quebec Ramparts. And uh, I will explain why. Um, so as we mentioned in that interview with uh, with Louis William Gagne, um, obviously they you know they lost uh, Emil Schwinnard to uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, his final two games of the season uh, were just this past weekend. I think Baycoma was in Quebec for for two games. Yep. A Friday, either Friday Saturday or Saturday Sunday. For his final game um, in Quebec. Uh, the Ramparts actually paid for or donated uh, a suite for his family to uh, to sit in, oh, nice. and uh, obviously, and to go along with that, he was named uh, first star of the game. Uh, so that was a very classy, uh, classy move, classy touch by the uh, Quebec uh, Ramparts organization. Uh, it's probably not uh, very well known out there. I haven't seen much of it. Uh, on uh, on the social media, so I thought I'd uh, maybe prop it up and and get it in, uh, get it out there. So uh, there we go. Uh, stick tap uh, to the Rompard de Quebec, and it was his two hundredth game too. Yeah, like, yeah. Hit that. You think he kind of? So you think he he had it in mind and wanted to get the last two? Uh, wanted to get the last two out there. Yep. No, that's uh, that's awesome. The stick tap of the week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. That brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. Today is the final day for the flash sale. So if you want a Shellac manicure, there it is. If you want a Shellac manicure, $35. Uh, Shellac pedicure is 45 and or yeah, 20 I don't remember. Shellac pedicure, because I deleted it, and a new set of uh, gel or acrylic nails is $45. Don't forget, they also have a loyalty card. Book nine spa services. Get one free. Take advantage of that. 506-830-1224 or book with them in person at 1224 Mountain Road. So I was pretty sure who I was giving this uh, giving this to, uh, as he had a great game on Sunday after being on the podcast post game. Mm-hmm. Not something we haven't seen before. Generally, the players that get on have a decent game after, but... Um, in looking into that player, there was a player that I didn't even think of, and I haven't given an award to all year. Um, he had goals in back-to-back games this weekend. He's got seven points total. He was the player of the, or he's on the team of the week, and he's been everything we've asked for on defense. Like 
as advertised. Um, the Wildcats Wildcat of the week goes to number three, Olivier Boutin. That will do it for this week. Uh, it's going to be a week. It's going to be a. It's going to be a week, folks. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, realistically, what do you think? Six points on the board. Oh, Are they more likely boy. to get five because they're good on the road? Or one because they you know what? In I'll be happy with four. Yeah. If I can get if we can get four, I'll be I'll be happy. Yeah, I think I would. I'm, they're going to get three. They're it, they're going to they're going to beat Shakutami, and they're going to get to overtime with Baycomo or Drummondville. That's that is my prediction, and it all stems on how they come out in Baycomo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they come out and they get blown out nine to one, just disregard what I just said. So, um, and I think Warren plays against Shakutami as well. Uh, yeah, so that's it as well. Um, we're going to try something new for fun. Um, if you're not following us on TikTok, you should be. Um, so give us a follow. And I'm going to jump on there Friday. I'm going to watch the game live. I'm going to take your questions. You can join the game. I'm not going to put the game on TikTok. You're going to have to watch it yourself. But I thought, meh, why not try live on TikTok? See what it is like. Um, and other than that, we are going to try and do more lives on YouTube in the playoffs. We are going to try to do more road trips in the playoffs. Um, yeah, it's getting to that time. It's crazy. It's like already February. There's a Seven weeks left in the season. You're going to get tracked down by the Chinese government <laughs> going live on TikTok. Oh, that's not the... So I might not be back next week, folks. It might just be Jeremy. <laughs> For Jeremy, I'm Adam. See you next week, maybe. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.